Hello and welcome to Season 4 of The Change Troubleshooter. This season is called Changing Mindsets. The idea here is that Nina and her guest can change people's mindsets on a given subject. The challenge is to do this in just 15 to 20 minutes. In Episode 1, Changing Mindsets on Data, Nina is joined by Oleg Shilovitsky founder of OpenBOM, a SaaS network-based global collaborative platform. And they talk about data and how we should think about it differently, how it is collected, used and stored. Data could be the answer to our sustainability challenges. Hello and welcome to the new edition of the Change Troubleshooter podcast. And it is my pleasure today to be collaborating with Oleg Shilovsky. <laughs> He knew! <laughs> Just been practicing and still didn't quite get that right. You can, and get, I, it, you can get it again. <laughs> Oleg and I go back many years, back to when PLM was actually quite fun and we used to turn up at conferences and try and create a little noise and a little disruption to make the PLM world a little more exciting than it was back in the day. Thank you for inviting me. Pleasure to be here. Let's let's make PLM fun and talk about it. We're not just talking about PLM today because our audience is very varied and most of them don't even know what PLM is. So, um, and so for those of you who don't, it's product data, uh, even that. <laughs> You see, there are different options. Some people say it will help you. Some people say it's a product lifecycle management. Yeah. But some people say it's program lifecycle management. I know, yeah. But in fact, uh, this is a people lifecycle management because so, people getting this job for a long time and the PLM, it's like a Hotel California. You can check out, but you cannot leave. So, but in fact, many people that are critic about PLM, they say it's political life cycle management in a company. So you can choose whatever you want. It's fine. <laughs> I'm going for the people and the politics. That's okay. my experience. Definitely. Here you go. That's you can choose it. That's a self bet. Because a lot of politics happens in the PLM, especially in the large companies. That certainly can be politics. Yeah. For sure. For sure. And now with the more recent work that I've been doing, it's more about sustainable product life cycles as well. And I've noticed that many organizations don't really talk about PLM maybe in the same way that we do it, but they're definitely talking about the circular economy and life cycle analysis and life cycle data, which makes the sustainability challenge much more uh, real, I guess, and more manageable because we can try and quantify it and use that kind of work and those frameworks and the, and the data, which is what we're going to talk about today, to give a moment of reality to what people are trying to do and how we're trying to make the world a better place. I certainly like the data portion of this because that's that's what makes a lot of things different and if you can get the data it's like you know in the past if you can get uh, on the bank of the river you have a lot of power today if you uh, can get data you have a lot of power 
Absolutely. And just tell all our listeners a bit of your background and why you're collaborating with me today. Sure. So I've been in uh, PLM industry for the last 20 plus years. Uh, I was fortunate to work for some large companies like the SoSystem and the Autodesk and also got involved with uh, several startups in this place. And certainly my passion is uh, to work on data and help to companies to organize, manage and collaborate around data. As I've, I've heard from many companies, like everyone needs data, no one wants to do data management. So uh, when we started OpenBOM, the vision is how to help companies to be more intelligent with the data. Because if outside of manufacturing, outside of business, you know, I can be super powerful and intelligent with my Amazon application in the grocery store because I know what to buy and what not to buy. And uh, not so much when I talk to manufacturing company procurement department, they don't know much what to buy. Very often they make mistakes and sometimes they buy something that they, they don't need. So that's, that's the vision of OpenBOM is to help manufacturing companies to be smarter with data. It sounds amazing. And we both know we've both been in situations where we've tried to get organizations to see data differently, to try to really change their mindsets on how they see data as an asset and what it can do for the business and to well, have a strategy for a start, have a strategy, make that strategy one of the most important strategies that exists within the business and then look at how it flows through. And we've both had very varied results on that. So what we're gonna to do today is try and change people's mindsets. And this whole uh, season of podcasts is going to be changing mindsets in 15 minutes or less. <laughs> Let's try to do it. <laughs> and for those people who know me and know how much I talk, this will be a miracle if we manage it. But we have a little bit of a structure of our own here. So Oleg, I'm going to ask you some questions and then we're going to discuss those. And somewhere on this journey, we hope to change some mindsets. Are you ready? Oh, I'm ready. Let's try it. <laughs> right. So we're going to start with what is data? Oh, data. It's a, it's a very simple. It's a, it's a bits and bytes of information that we like to get uh, from different places and to get a reflection on this. It can be anything. Anything around us is data. And in fact, in business, data can be coming from different places. So data is a bits of information, bits of uh, numbers, text, metadata, files, anything around us is in fact data. And what is the difference between data and information? Well, that's a lot of arguments around this. And some people will tell you that data is stupid and information is smart. And when you structure data into information, it becomes information and then you take it up uh, and it becomes a wisdom uh, and intelligence. And there are a huge amount of marketing around this. So I don't think that there is a big difference between data and information unless we do some smart marketing now and we want to kind of build this 
steps towards something smarter. I think people use it very frequently at the same time. So people can say information, people can say data. The analysts uh, will be using it in a smarter way. They will explain you like you make a data, make connections, turn it to information. Uh, I will not do it because when I talk to engineers and when I talk to manufacturing companies, they just have data. I just talked to someone before this call and they have uh, 5,000 uh, parts uh, equipment and they need to organize bill of materials. So this, they are telling me, we have a lot of data, we need to organize it. <laughs> so should I call him? No, 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 you have information. He doesn't care. <laughs> exactly, exactly. We do get caught up in some of these terms, don't we? But uh, basically, you are receiving data into a business, or it actually could be into your household. I mean, really, in our personal lives now, we are absolutely surrounded by data all the time. And we sometimes choose to link the pieces of that data up and it becomes something useful for us. And like you said, something smart that we can use it. And sometimes it just sits there and we ignore it. Like it's just <laughs> like it doesn't take up any space. But for those of us who... Well, for those of you out there who have listened to my podcast on um, on data and sustainability, it does take up space. So we should be more bothered about this because there is a carbon footprint involved with your data. So we should be a bit more bothered about where it comes from. And as you mentioned, it comes from so many different places, doesn't it? Yeah, data data comes from everywhere. It's it's around us. And uh, the most interesting part and uh, the most dangerous around this is that we produce more data every day because we surrounded ourselves with the environment, devices and uh, tools that produce this data. So we create our own digital footprint because we created digital systems that actually pre produce this data that we didn't have it before. Like just to think about internet created a massive data production because when everyone is searching in the internet, we create a data about what they're searching for. Uh, and that it's progressing. So we created this mobile devices that can produce a huge amount of data just by easy clicking. You know, before I was, you know, I made a picture on the film. I took it to the place where I can make these pictures. And then maybe I will put it on the website. Today I click on the button on the phone and it starts producing data. And my car is producing data and I'm producing data. And it just, just goes everywhere. Uh, so data is uh, everywhere around us. Everywhere and starting to create a bit of a problem, actually, because the more we collect and the more that we create, and, and I personally know that if I, as particularly with pictures, you don't have to take a good picture anymore, and I don't go back and delete all the bad pictures. And when I'm sending all those pictures around, WhatsApp's creating another image there that it stores somewhere else, and I don't go around and clean that up either. And the only time I ever think of cleaning something up is when I run out of storage. And then I, there's something that forces me to say, do you actually need all of this data? 
And when we think about that, um, my next question is, is all data equal? Well, there is a different data. So I would not be talking about data equal or not. Uh, I think it's just, uh, I think it's just the wrong question. I'm sorry. So <laughs> I think, uh, I think the different data pieces are created just because they are created for us. We need to decide what to do about this. Let's say uh, I make a picture. Well, that's just everyone's example, if I need it or not. But uh, if let's go a little bit more in business. So when a, when a company creates a design and then send this design to someone, is it data equal if someone reviews this design or no one reviews this design? Oh, you can get this information, additional information that someone reviews this design. And then you can say, is it important data or not? Might be not. But what if I can get into this information and I can tell you that you use the same electrical motor five times last year and four times out of this five, you claim a problem to your supplier. That would be very interesting piece of information or data, whatever we want to use this name. But that would be much very, very interesting piece of information because, aha, I use something and I know that it was a failure. So I probably will use someone that is not. But what if you don't know that you selected electrical motor that caused a problem for you in the past? Then you can choose it again. And then it will go to production and you will fail again. So this is how some data can be more interesting and more important. Uh, let me take it forward. Uh, of course, everyone knows Amazon and all e-commerce. So you can go and you can see that 5,000 people like this uh, product and probably it's better than the product that was liked 200 times. Actually, we don't know really, but we believe so, right? So, but let me take it back to our business example. You create a design with the data and you're asking if it's important data or not, good data or not. What if I will tell you that 70% of other companies uh, actually buying this electrical motor cheaper than you? That could be another interesting piece of information, right? So the question is not if the data is equal or not. The question is how valuable this data for you and how you can get insight or intelligence from the piece of data that you have. So that's why the question is not if I need piece of this data or I need piece of another data. The question is what can I do with this data and how I can turn this data in something valuable. And if I produce this data and it becomes a value for someone else, it's great because uh, application can capture what I did in the past and use it for the future prediction of the outcome that otherwise you will not be able to get. So I think we do it a lot in our everyday life today with the picture, with the driving, with the everything. Uh, I'm trying to bring this conversation back to business, to manufacturing business. If we can make a manufacturing information valuable and connected, that's something that can create this data really amazing 
not equal, but really amazing because companies will be able to get profit from this and optimize what they do. Superb. So what you're really saying is, and my next question is, how do we change people's mindsets on how they view data today? It's fundamentally about understanding how data can be valuable to you. Yeah, that's first of all, it's unfair because we said that we will talk about data. Now you want to talk about people. So <laughs> we can talk about people. But the, the people, the people and data connection is where it's at, isn't it? Because the data is collected anyway, and it's the way people collect it, the way we create it, the way we use it in a business situation, the way we use it in a personal situation. The people always are in control of the decisions. Well, at the moment, unless we let the computers take over and it becomes all AI simulated. But apart from that, it has to be about people and data, doesn't it? Uh, yes. So, uh, well, you know, I will try to answer on your question, how will change people? So slowly, because you cannot change people fast. That just doesn't work. Uh, at least this was my experience. So you can do it slowly and you can do it with data and uh, you can do it by giving the people what they want. So as we all have Google, Google can make us smarter and uh, it gives the people what they want. Now I can sit in the meeting and I can be smarter if I am with Google, if I'm not with Google, right? So, and we know how people use it. It's not a secret. So if you give the people what they want, it can help them. So why we gave to all uh, web uh, platforms and social media and social networking applications information about ourselves because they gave us what we wanted, right? So we wanted to tell anybody to everyone that I'm now on the beach and I am drinking this, you know, and I'm, I'm enjoying, right? So we wanted to tell it to everyone, right? So everyone wanted to tell it. So it's fun. Okay, so Facebook tech information about what do we buy, where we go, and many other things. So, but fundamentally, we wanted to tell to anyone, everyone, what do we do, right? So give to people what they want, and you can get something in return. So in a, so in a business situation, if you work for a manufacturing company, or you are looking at product life cycles, and you're working on some of the biggest challenges we've got at the moment, which is how we continue to live without killing the planet that we are on. And so life cycles are so important to that. If we gave, if the business you work for give you the information you need, the information you want, you will have a fighting chance of being able to come up with an alternative solution. Uh, absolutely. But now you're in uncharted territory. <laughs> And why are you in uncharted territory? Because nobody really did it in the past. So what, when we talk about pictures and Facebook and Google and everything else, it was in the past. We already learned about this. Uh, about businesses, not so much. Businesses are driven by uh, uh, different rules than individuals. As an individual, you can decide to share your traffic route on, you know, in the application and the ways or Google will use it 
to predict you know traffic situation everything else but in the business this decision is making differently and uh, that's very carefully uh, governed by companies and it's very carefully uh, consumed so what i believe in the next uh, 10 years we will see a lot of changes in this space uh, they really think where businesses made a huge deal out of data, I think it's in marketing. So in marketing and sales, we see, because we gather so much information about people and their behavior and what they use and what they know, and marketing systems really enjoyed and leveraged all this data and, and, and did, a lot of, did a lot of things. But um, in, in PLM, uh, manufacturing and other places it's very very at the beginning so it's really the beginning of everything because just just 10 years ago in one of those conference conferences where we went together people said a manufacturing companies will never use cloud systems it's just impossible so 10 years later and i experienced it at open bomb and i started open bomb i just came to companies that Five years before I was talking to them and they said never. And I came to them and they said, you know what, if it's Amazon, it's great. Okay, so what I can do, it's, people are changing. Uh, so the same will be happening here with data. So what, something that you cannot imagine that can happen now in five years will be different. Then I, I think the consumption of data and giving to people what they need will change their behavior. Absolutely right. And so that's our main message. And to keep us to the 15-minute concept, we <laughs> need to wrap up. Otherwise, I will just turn this into every other podcast. And um, so really, changing mindsets will take some time. But change does happen. We've already seen it. And I think it is a brilliant example to pull on the one where I also remember everyone saying, we will not use cloud systems. That is ridiculous. They are not secure. They are not stable. Yes. And we were still looking at lots of hardware and ridiculous combinations of things to support large business infrastructure. But now they have moved forward and that mindset did change. And this mindset needs to continue to change now with how we, how we create, store, manage and use data because really the survival of the planet will rely on this. I hope so very much. Uh, we just need to know how to use this data. Then we will figure out how to survive. Figure out how to survive and hopefully flourish. I'm sure some of the things that we could tackle already are made so much easier by us just analyzing data in the right way. So that's been brilliant. Thanks so much, Oleg. Is there any last words that you would like to share with the audience? Of course, I get an option to advertise something. Openbomb.com, try it. So that's, <laughs> that's if, if I get a microphone, I will sell it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, please look up Oleg and Openbomb. He is a legend in our industry and it's been great being able to do this with you today. Thanks so much. Thank you very much, Nina. Okay, thank you for inviting me. Bye-bye. Well, thanks again to Nina's guests and thank you for listening to The Change Troubleshooter. If you'd like to continue the conversation, contact Nina directly, ninadar.com. And if you've enjoyed this episode, please like it. 
Join us again for the next episode of the Change Troubleshooter. This has been a Sun Soaked Creative production.